How's it going? Welcome to Wander on the Way, a show that is an ode to hours spent in coffee shops, late night get-togethers with friends, walks outside, and long car rides. Basically, all the times and places we get a moment to slow down to be present with ourselves and those around us. My name is Josh Perry, and I'll be your companion today for a little while. Join me and my occasional guests as we take a look at all the messy little details of being human. And remember, you're not lost as long as you say you're wandering. Welcome, everyone. This is episode two of Wander on the Way. And it's the first of three conversations I recorded to get started with the podcast. Each one had a little different feeling to it uh, as I tested out a few different styles for the conversations. So don't be surprised uh, if when you listen to the next one, it sounds a little bit different. Today's guest is Gisela Bejarano. And I met her when she came to the U.S. from Peru in order to study a computer science master's degree. Eventually, she wanted to return to Peru to help elevate the quality of research there. Now, her story is one of being open to and jumping on opportunities when they showed up. Uh, It's full of passion for doing the right thing, as well as for using her voice to lift up the people following in her footsteps. As you listen to her story, I hope it reminds you to look up from the path that you are on and take in the sights around you. You never really know what new path you might decide to embark on. Well, hello, Gisela. Welcome. I'm glad to have you here today. Uh, first off, why don't you, can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Who are you uh, and why are you here? Why are you interested in having a conversation with me today? Hey, Josh. Uh, thank you first for in, for your invitation. Um, I am from Peru. I am Gisela Bellerano, um, a researcher, postdoctoral researcher in Baylor University, um, a Peruvian in the U.S. <laughs> I am a Peruvian in the U.S. Uh, and very engaged with uh, research and and politics and technology. Uh, I'm always around there. Um, having some angry thoughts on politicians, uh, but still looking for for the good. I hope. Um, and when you told me about the the idea of, of, of this conversation, I I clicked immediately. I was like, um, there are not too many spaces to discuss about like yourself, ourselves, and reflect on what we are doing and um, religiously speaking to, uh, I guess, usually people even say, don't speak about religion mm. and politics. So I guess a space um, to, to talk about it. It's, it's nice to share and to, I don't know, see other people's points of view. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, just making sure we hit a couple of those other points. You, you mentioned your, a Peruvian here in the U.S., but how did that happen? Like, how did you wind up being here and, and studying here in the first place? Right. Uh, well, like, if we go, like, to the very, very past, I I always wanted to to study or live abroad 
for a mm -hmm. while at least i didn't know like if to stay but uh, to try like maybe when i was a teenager i might have thought about it and then when i finished the university uh i really wanted to study abroad at least a master or something mm -hmm. then i realized that um and this was a very uh, kind of key moment in my life where i saw a presentation of a professor saying how bad in research we are in in terms of number of publications in south america sure. and peru was one of the lowest you know lines in the in the graphic um, and that clicked to me and i was like okay i guess i can I can try to do something about it i know i i'm usually when i think some something impactful i want to do something about it right. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I guess it's too much, but well, um, well so there's kind of a little bit of pride almost, right? You're, you're a recent graduate and you saw something that where they said, um, the research in Peru, like people that are going on and, and doing, uh, like real sort of scientific work was lacking. And you're sort of like, no, this I'm Peruvian. I have to get out there and make a difference. And so you, you kind of jumped right in and it fit with your goals anyway, right? You're looking at studying further. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that clicked with me. I took that goal and, and then, well, as we didn't have too many research opportunities in Peru, mm -hmm. I decided to, um, to follow the, the usual path, go to industry mm -hmm. and, and I stay in industry like for four or five years, more or less, until um, there is this opportunity to go back to the university where a professor came uh, with a doctorate, my, my home university, mm -hmm. uh, and wanted to start a group. And I was already like going from time to time to the university to check out and try to do some research in some um, sparse time. And we, uh, we decided to create a, a research group in artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. actually to like, how you say, like to reborn a, a previous group that we had kind of club, kind okay. of a student club, uh, but like to make it a research group with him uh, arriving to the university. So mm -hmm. we applied to, for fundings, we got them. I could quit my job and have a salary, <laughs> a decent salary for, for doing research yeah. although I quit my job before knowing that I would have a salary I had a plan like quit my job uh, try to do research and apply to a scholarship mm. to study abroad and and if I wouldn't make it in a year I would go back to, to industry mm. so fortunately I uh, I got that the Fulbright scholarship it was mm. great and that was the second time I applied actually and that scholarship changed my life. It gave me the opportunity to really go and do the master because otherwise um, most people from my generation in my career would just have try an MBA uh, sure. to, you know, like try to make a career path in their respective companies. But I didn't want to do that. I don't know. Uh, it didn't call me that much. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at that time I was working in a bank. So uh, that was all the people would do, like from people from uh, careers in economics and business to um, engineers, most mm -hmm. of them, would, most of them, I would say, would do the MBA to you so know, like 
would you say kind of banking or finance or something is is that like a one of the bigger or more secure industries in Peru and is that kind of why a lot of people are funneled in there cuz you're you're not like a business student or a finance student right you're an engineer yeah um yeah i would say that could be one of the more important markets or um jobs in in peru although it's changing i guess with, mm-hmm. with all this startup movement too uh, but at that time i guess like to work in in one of these banks or one of these retail stores or one of these uh, mm-hmm. um, operators, phone operators would be like the kind of a top thing to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Although I always had uh, colleagues that went uh, the more the regular path with, or not the regular, but like the expected path in, in after engineering, like to continue doing software development and sure. things like that. But uh, at least maybe... Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm like um, overseeing that, but my, how do you say, my, envir- my environment, my friends, my closest friends, uh, or, or people that I, I, I had more contact with, I guess went to, to this other um, more business kind of path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so that's when you were like, nope, that, it's not calling me. I want to go and, and study. I want to do research. And to do that, you got your scholarship and came abroad. Yeah, I had a uh, my my boss that allowed me to like to take vacations once a week. I, I'm really grateful for that. I, mm. I have told him that several couple of times uh, because that allowed me to escape to my university in the mm. other way of the city where I live, in the other way um, of the place I work, literally, and. And, and I could like, you know, stay in the university, go with my laptop and try to like, mm-hmm. focus. I feel that the university environment is really nice. It's like, yeah. gives you, motivates you. And um, so I, I, I would go one day a week. And after a while, I decided to quit. Uh, I guess that he didn't like too much. <laughs> 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 but um, uh, I had like kind of two bosses and both of them were very supportive at the very yeah. end. Yes. And so, yeah, I quit. And unfortunately, we applied to these fundings. We got them. Mm-hmm. I could work uh, being paid for a year. And uh, because I was going, I was thinking I will leave from my savings. Yeah, uh, basically from 2014, around that, I remember very clearly that the government at the time gave more um uh, incentives and, and fundings to the kind of the NSF from mm-hmm. Peru, kind of um, National Science Foundation here, but in Peru is a CONCITEC. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's how we got the funds from some okay. inst- organizations similar to that. Um, so that was kind of like precise timing to quit yeah. my job in industry, I guess, <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, and but yeah, that's kind of how it happens, though. A lot of times, right? The you you wind up being in a in a, a certain point, and then just conditions are just right a lot of the time. And like it, no planning could accomplish that. And you just happen to like be able to grab a hold of it at the right time. I have felt that more than twice, at least. Like I am mm-hmm. in the right place in the right moment. Uh, and lately, I've been thinking um, how I can like summarize that is 
um, of course, trying to still be uh, humble if possible, but mm. uh, like uh, um, lack, lack uh, happens when uh, the opportunity meets the preparation. I was mm. thinking in a phrase like that, or maybe it exists, or I've seen it somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, it, um, sound, it sounds uh, very familiar to something I've heard as well. Right. Yeah. So that's what I would like to also um, mention more some somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the the job that I've been doing for a number of years, a lot of the uh, messaging that we've been giving to students is very similar, right? It's you know, a lot of people have these plans for their careers, but most people I know beyond college have taken the opportunities that were presented to them as opposed to like really following a very prescribed path. And oftentimes people look back after 15, 20 years in a career and they're like, I mean, I can clearly see how I got here, but I don't really know how I got here. Like you see all the steps, but you couldn't have predicted it. And it sounds like you kind of are experiencing a little bit of that in your own career path. Yeah, yeah. And also, I guess, like, the latest thing that happened to me that was to get a job in... I'm going back to New York as a professor in Marist College. Mm. was something similar, too. Like, uh, there was this open position. I was thinking um, to go back to Peru after the postdoc mm-hmm. and but thought like if there is an opportunity I might as well like try to get it and, and things and things went well with, with these uh, applications yeah yeah okay um, so I wanted to go back a little bit in the conversation too where uh, kind of taking us back to when you were talking about seeing that the graph um, of you know the the research and how Peru was not as good in Latin America as many other people, and how you in that moment had said you felt like you could get in there and do something about it. Um, I know from from my own observations that feels like very characteristic of you. The this like I see something wrong, and I know I I can do something um, in in my power that I have that I can go in and do something about this. What I've seen a lot more is like you you seem to focus on a handful of causes that you kind of care about and you're surrounding yourself almost. And maybe this is where you're talking about that little bit of anxiety comes in because you're just like always aware of the problem and it's like, ah, I have to get there and do something. Um, Which kind of brings me into some of the stuff that I was hoping to get at with this, which is like, I I know you're active on social media. Um, You've told a lot of stories about Twitter. Uh, I know you're posting things in LinkedIn and kind of connecting with people. Um, So like, how are you going about that in such a way where you can maintain some level of sanity and not just kind of get totally sucked into the, the machine as it, you know, could very easily poke at that anxiety and keep you, you hooked. Yeah. uh, I try to think that not, everything that i'm saying is the correct thing or the norm or this super truth that i might be um biased that i might be not seeing something else so if i understood well your question um 
uh, knowing that um, I still sometimes I, I pose with fear, like that someone mm. comes and tells me all you're saying is wrong. And <laughs> in, in the sense that I don't, I, I feel that I could easily like get so involved that I get an ex, I get in an extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely aware that I don't want all the problems to uh, to suck my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one one side, but the other side is that you become so involved that you don't see your own errors or your mm-hmm. own um, um, how I say it? or, or the, the things that the, the, the things that you're thinking or the, how you are thinking or you're being active for um, might be missing some other points. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually try to think like that and. Uh, I discuss a lot with uh, with Roman too. Sometimes about the post, my husband, um, and sometimes he makes me realize some other points of view. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more thought that goes into it. You're not just maybe sitting on there looking for fights to pick and kind of <laughs> throwing arguments at him. Um, and I know, like you've been at least from from what I've heard. Um, reasonably successful at like reaching out to like actually reasonably important people or getting responses back or like like have you kind of gotten any positive action as a result of your engagement? I guess like the the most obvious example that I can think of is um, panels of experts in especially in like computer science or, or data science things like that and you've gotten them to like invite a lot more female uh engineers with that hadn't been represented at all like uh talk a little bit about that perhaps yeah i also learned from somewhere uh, that uh but because there's a moment right where, where you, someone tells you something and you you realize yeah definitely that's true you you, you don't usually see too many women uh, in in mm-hmm. technical panels and computer science panels and and more um most of the of the women i i know in that are role models for me um, also mentioned that a lot of times mm-hmm. several times so I, I i decided to maybe in peru it wasn't mentioned that much or maybe in some other communities but not that much in the technological community and so i decided to like Mention, start mentioning it a little bit more because it was very funny to like uh, enter to LinkedIn sometimes and really see like four or five men being invited to 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 one talk or panel. Uh, I really understand too that there are not too many women that mm-hmm. that some some organizers really have to search and. Um, eh, to have one woman in, in their panels and, and sometimes it's difficult because I've heard also that uh, we might be very busy with also like you know house chores and maybe we are also timid I don't know mm. and that's why they they might not find us as fast but I guess we really need to try to, mm. to start trying um, but at the same time like when when you've actually kind of confronted these different groups that you've seen 
you've gotten responses back where they're like they give you all of those excuses right um but you being a woman in in industry and with many friends and having collaborated with a lot of people um like it seems like there's a very strong power of networking and i almost feel like they're just not looking well enough or hard enough because as soon as like you got wind of the situation you know, you've got half a dozen people you recommend, right? Yeah, yeah, I try to to also do that. And that's also like something I try to do in any other aspect, like you critique and you try to have some solution to mm-hmm. that critic to not all. Because I, I felt uh, sometimes that some people could just be very critic and actually mm-hmm. like, I think, okay, but uh, do you have anything else to say, like mm-hmm. contribute to? Uh, yeah, you, you, don't, are... you don't just want to complain, right? You want to like, no, I'm going to fix this. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and that's why sometimes, um, <laughs> and then that's also something that that happens. I would like to like just post and say, hey, you're not including women or something like that. But then I think, or I talk with, with Roman, for example, and why don't you just write to them in, uh, by, by inbox and mm-hmm. tell them, and like, you know, try to approach from a way again, that I would like to be approached, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and to try to really be effective because sometimes we really want to make something, do something about something that we believe in. But if we approach it in like, um, a rude way or, or, or in other ways that might make the people we're confronting defensive and maybe not really, you know, um, getting the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess then your efforts are like, they could just go away. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of curious about like, you know, we, we've touched on some of these behaviors, right? And, and kind of where they come from and, uh, how you you're kind of passionate about a particular groups of causes and and you jump in kind of getting active and getting involved like you don't seem to be particularly afraid of speaking up um, or about taking action um, but I'm I guess really more curious about like the day-to-day actions you take uh, and just in general do, do any of those actions you feel like they, uh, adhere to your personal philosophy of like how you work, walk, move through the world, or do you have actions that you feel like kind of contradict the the way that you want to be and behave in the world? Um, yeah, sometimes I I found myself uh, doing exactly what I um, complain about. Uh, for example, I so once I remember in the Grace Hopper conference. I uh, there there were some alumni from Binghamton like trying to do I guess trying to do networking or like at least like trying to to um, uh, to talk among among others in being uh, from Binghamton mm-hmm. and I found myself like asking for uh, where is this person do you know where is this person because I really wanted to talk to to, to this other person and I'm like after a while I realized I'm like oh I I. I felt so bad because I, I was like, um, I didn't take the opportunity to meet these uh, mm-hmm. young ladies, and uh, I was just 
focusing, like trying to talk to this person because I wanted to do networking with this person. And sure. Yeah, kind of thinking about, about yourself as opposed to the people you're trying to support. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so sure that actually um, reminds me of something to maybe you can talk about a little bit more. Um, but kind of doing some digging, I found about something uh, called Repu. Yes. And what what is that and what is your involvement? How did you get involved? Uh, something like, as usual, I saw that uh, in 2018, we had a conference of Peruvians in technology in the U.S., something like that, Texuyo. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw the presentation of this organization, Repu, uh, and they talk how they, they mentioned how they um, put together a research experience for Peruvian undergrads here in the US or in other countries in Europe um, to make them later uh, have this networking and these connections to apply to some universities. Mm. Yeah. And I heard that they do it, they, they, they have this physics, uh, chemistry, biology branches, and there was anything, there was nothing about computer science. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, here we can, we can create a computer science branch. Right. And I, uh, I met the people in Repu. Uh, I follow them in Twitter, follow mm -hmm. in LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and, and we stay like, more or less, uh, I mean, not in touch, but like, you know, looking at each other's, I guess, posts um, until 2019, 20, 2019, yeah, before pandemic. Uh, there was another conference of people in, in AI, uh, Latin people in AI, also in MIT. Both of the, <laughs> of the conference were in MIT. And, um, and there was this other um, person who encouraged me more to, because we, we met in that TechSuyo conference and then we met again in this other conference and told me, you should create a computer science branch. And I'm like, yeah, mm. I, I know, I, I, I wanted to, but like, you know, I guess I felt his, <laughs> his push a little bit. <laughs> and, and I talked with um, other uh, alu rep alumni and we decided to to get together and try to to really think about it. We started um, how you say it, like uh, calling for for mentors. Mm -hmm. And next thing, we started the the application for for mentees in 2020, where none of the other branches were able to. Mm -hmm. to happen in that year because right. the the experience yeah. was the experience was to to uh have the the mentees travel to the places to the lab to the mm. labs in other countries sure. so we had like the virtual experience in, in this new branch in computer science wow. yeah so that was like very uh exhausting too but <laughs> but it was great i guess sometimes the volunteer things that I do uh, stress me a little bit more. Mm. Um, but well, that's, I, that's probably not that uncommon, right? They're, they, they're the things that are kind of the labors of love. Um, you're, you're, not, you're not getting paid for a particular job, but it's things that you're passionate, so you're likely to be putting in the, the hours when, you know, it's, 
you don't have anything else to do or or like you're just so like oh my god i have to like i really see the vision of this thing i have to dedicate so much of myself to it yeah yeah or sometimes like in 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 other hours of, of your time of yeah. your day too um, but yeah i guess the i mentioned i i guess responsibility is also um, something that that defines me or i try to um have that so even in volunteer jobs i try to be very responsible mm-hmm. very punctual um i know or i have experienced like uh, some volunteers not being like that and that, mm-hmm. that really kind of uh, upsets me a little bit because well upsets me upsets me a lot <laughs> because I, I feel that people if specific especially if i'm not a pain for for your work you are more free to tell me like i won't be able to do this mm-hmm. or even though if you at the very beginning say yes it's better it's much better to tell me that you won't be able to, to accomplish it than uh having me expecting to fin for you to finish something and and mm-hmm. you never finish it or, or never give me that that input that you um you promise so mm-hmm. well anyways um yeah so then we had this virtual experience in 2020 and we are having it right now uh, now for for the second mm-hmm. time in 20 sorry in the winter of 2021 and this is the second time of winter mm-hmm. 2022 uh, because the application was in 2020 that's why i always get yeah <laughs> and uh, so the, i guess i hadn't known that that you're you actually are semi-responsible for that branch existing in the first place like i, I was just thinking that you were uh signed up as a mentor and that was it but like it didn't exist prior to the effort between you and a bunch of others yeah, yeah. I, together with with another colleague, uh, we both are like the co-directors of mm-hmm. this branch. And I was a mentor. He was he was still last year. He wasn't a mentor. This year he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so both are like, what was important about that to you? Like, why why did you feel so passionately that you had to get involved in this thing, uh, even though it sucked away so much of your time and energy? To give the opportunities that I didn't have, like mm. as, as an undergrad, to make them a, that that's one side to have them have this experience of research, and the other one is to um, because again my generation, all of us, most of us, I guess ninety nine percent went to industry. I guess mm. maybe just a couple of, of others are doing uh, or finishing their PhDs. But um, I also believe that in in a bigger way, uh, that is like to really contribute to research in Peru, uh, where um, where the technological capacity is is not enough yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, something that was mentioned in in the pandemic about the technological sovereignty. I guess is the translation. Uh, What's it? What's in Spanish? Soberanía. Like sovereignty, maybe. Like, like they being able as an as a country to independently do mm. uh, create technology, not yeah. depend yeah. that much on other countries. Yeah. Sure. And in pandemic, as 
most of the goods couldn't be like you know the, mm -hmm. uh, exported or imported it we we were lacking um this equipment to for the ventilation or mm -hmm. the, the help people breathe um, and a lot of equipments that that we needed in the pandemic like mm -hmm. materials and things like that to create a test um, we we depend so much on, on, on other countries to do research mm -hmm. and i think to create our own technology not to make us like the nationalist uh, countries <laughs> nationalist country in the world but uh i guess we need a balance and we are mm -hmm. very uh, low in that aspect in that index in and, and there's so much talent joshua i i am involved in in the review of the applications of this uh, uh, of this uh, program uh, together with a lot of people because we we mm -hmm. we average a lot of uh, of our reviews and i see so much talent that i wish i can i can do more to, to give these people opportunities i know they might find their ways uh, hopefully but i guess we, we could being another level of uh, technology development in Peru. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what I do it like because uh, to give opportunities I didn't have and to contribute to the country somehow in this technological development. Well, thank you very much, Gisela, for participating with me today. Um, I'm really glad that you could come on here and be one of my, my first guests. Uh, it was nice, even though we've known each other for years, to kind of get to know a few things a little bit more deeply and, and catch up a little bit in the process, too. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Josh, for inviting me. I also enjoy very much the conversation. And I hope um, people can engage and find it interesting. Once again, thank you to my guest, Gisela Bejarana, for not only coming on the show today, but for also being my very first guinea pig. You can find her on Twitter at Gise Marie, that's G-I-S-S-E-M-A-R-I, -S -S -E or on LinkedIn, where she comments on all things AI, computer science, and some politics, mostly in her native Spanish. And thank you for listening to the podcast and carrying the conversation out into the world. Music for this podcast is generously provided by Alexander Nakarada at www.serpentsoundstudios.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Details in the description. If you'd like to come join the community, be a guest on the show someday yourself, you wish to support the podcast or just get in touch, find me online at wanderontheway.org. And until next time, go have a good conversation.